Hi and welcome to Daily Dose Dunny. This is episode 23. Let's talk about bamboo. Did you know bamboo releases 65% more oxygen than trees? It also takes 5 years for bamboo to reach full maturity compared to 30 to 40 years for trees. For sustainable resources, bamboo is a great material to use in producing high quality and practical home and lifestyle products. And that is exactly why I'm talking with Julia Washbourne, the founder of Bamboa Home since 2008. You can find her boutique store in PMQ building here in Hong Kong. Hi, Julia. Thanks for joining me today. Please tell us more about yourself and your business, Bamboa Home. Yes. Hi, Danny. Um, yeah, I was, um, I'm half English, half German. My dad's English. My mum's German. And uh, I grew up in England. We then moved to Germany when I was 12. Um, so had to learn German at school. And well, I had to go to a German school. And uh, where we lived was in a very, very eco-friendly town in the southern part of Germany, bordering France and Switzerland, really idyllic. Um, why I'm mentioning this is because it was just such a, an environmental friendly town already back in the 80s. Like they were completely immersed into their recycling programs and solar energy. Our house, we, we had solar panels, you know, put on our roof, you know, back in 1988, you know. So I think that really, really influenced me. Um, and then I went to university in Germany. Um, I decided to take on the challenge and I studied Chinese. I, I did a master's degree in Chinese studies. <laughs> so uh, that's amazing. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always loved languages. So I'm fluent in obviously in German and English and uh, French as well, because we have a home in France and French was always my passion. And um, so I keep going to France because my parents live there and yes yeah, so I decided to study Chinese um, actually I got a little bit of a push by my dad because he'd been working with China and Taiwan and he said gosh Julia why don't you just study Chinese it's going to be the world language and they're going to be the world economy you know this was back Boy, in was he quite right yes, yes, good advice this was back <laughs> early 90s so he had a bit of foresight and yes for sure so I thought well why not I actually wanted to become a vet or do sustainability studies but well I I can't stand the sight of blood so <laughs> So, um, well, yeah, <laughs> decision made then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and then sustainability studies back in the 90s, there weren't very good um, programs, really. It was um, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't so popular in the days. Um, anyway, I decided to study Chinese and that brought me to China. So I did a whole year in China at a university in Xiamen, which is actually a very beautiful city. Um, it's just in between Shanghai and Hong Kong. It's um, all the yeah buildings are colonial buildings and uh, it's really wonderful. It's a small city for China. It has only three million. <laughs> so um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and then um, I went back, did my degree and I was approached um, by an, a German company to work in their research and development center in Taipei. 
Um, basically, I then took the job. At, they asked me if I wanted a job because of my Chinese, German and English. They wanted a project coordinator, project manager in the de development office, the de research and design office in Taipei. It's for electronics. So it was actually in the health industry. So it was for sports equipment. So for treadmills, um, for, you know, trainers and bicycles, Eclipse trainers and stuff. So um, I was sent to America first for a month and then to Taiwan. And I was working there and living there for three years as a project manager. And it was fantastic because I had to basically translate and interpret between the office in Taipei and America and Germany. And we had to basically develop 30 new products in the time of three years. So that was quite intense. And uh, I was tired every single day. I was, it, was, uh, it was my first job in, in Taipei. And I was 24. And just, yeah, it was, it was a really amazing experience. And that just completely pivoted my Chinese because until then yeah I had a master's degree in Chinese but I could hardly speak it <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the best way to to continue languages is live in, in a country where you have to use it day in day that's out. right that that's right so that was a really crucial um point of my life I would say um um yeah later I returned to Germany worked in uh telecommunications, more, so more technology stuff. And, uh, and then I was headhunted and, um, well, I had a bit of a stint in Japan working, <laughs> working for the World Expo for six months and uh, got to learn a bit of Japanese as well. That was fun. And then I was headhunted and for a German, it was a big um, buying, well, yeah, it's a big buying company in Germany that sells to Chibo. I don't know if you're familiar, but they're a big brand in Germany. Um, to Chibo and Lidl and, you know, Aldi and uh, also this German company I worked for, we had our own brand called Westfalia. So they basically sent me um, in charge of buying, of basically being a buying manager of the complete homeware section. So managing over 5,000 different products. I was head of three different um offices so in Shanghai in Shenzhen and in Hong Kong so the homeware buying departments and uh, yeah so I worked there for a few years and it was just an incredible experience I had to go to China and sort out product quality and you know production issues and uh, regulations and standards and you know, I was sent all over China to different parts of China, also uh, Vietnam and yeah, various countries in Asia, also to Taiwan for some products. So it was a, an incredible learning experience again. So, um, so yeah, and um, that's what brought me to Hong Kong in 2005. But uh, having had that experience, you know, going to see all of these factories um, in the middle of kind of rice fields <clears throat> and seeing... I mean, this is quite a long time ago, I have to say, and I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm sure, you know, there, there have been definite improvements in production processes and waste management. But at the time, it was just absolutely, um, it was awful for me to witness, you know. It was just really terrible, like just from the resources, from plastics, from steel, 
how they are treated. So a lot of chemicals are used in the in the treatment processes, and um, you know how they're made into products and the package all in plastic, obviously, and just. It was just extremely polluting, a very polluting industry, and uh, for, for most of my products, you know. So I was in charge of let's yeah let's uh, visualize it. So I was in charge of pots and pans to um, vacuum cleaners to uh, home textiles, you know, you name it, to chopping knives to uh, yeah towels and you know so everything and um, it was just incredible to get that experience over this complete range of homeware products and seeing the entire production processes from the resource to to leaving the factory right so um and at that time i watched this video um it's called the stuff of uh, the stuff projects it's amazing it was in um I think it was it came out in 2007 and I was also part of the Pachamama Alliance so all it's a big sustainability group and I became passionate about sustainability and um, I just thought I can't I can't do this anymore you know just for my conscience um, just seeing all of these unsustainable, unsustainable practices, I thought, gosh, you know, I've, I've got to do something. This is, this is depressing me. Um, I had to face either a career change, and I was thinking of various things. I mean, obviously, speaking Chinese and, um, you know, I, I would have had actually quite a good career in various industries and this and that, but I wasn't passionate about anything else other than doing something good for the planet and working in sustainability. And I came across bamboo. I don't know how, no, well, it was through my, through my products, various products. We were doing a few things, bamboo socks and a bamboo towel, and I thought, and chopping boards. And I thought, what, you know, how can you make fibers, you know, using bamboo? And so I just like researched it and went on, field trips and so I really got into bamboo the more research I did on bamboo the more uh, passionate I became about bamboo I thought my god you know I have to make people aware of this fantastic resource um, that people are actually completely unaware of you know um, so sorry I, I, that was quite a rant that was <laughs> quite quite a long <laughs> intro already. no I love it I love it I can tell you're so passionate yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying listening oh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> yeah so um gosh uh yeah you can you can ask me the next question <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of the best intros I've heard yet on the podcast. <laughs> I think you've answered all of my questions oh, yeah. <laughs> in the first question. That's question, true, so. right? Kind of, Thank um, you. I kind of just automatically wrapped it all up. So goodbye. <laughs> it's great. Thank yeah. you. Bye. We're done now. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. I, I must say that's such an amazing journey and it, it totally makes sense why you went the route you did. Yes. Um, coming from Germany, having the, the Chinese experience, um, sort of being exposed to all these um, sustainable solutions and options out there. Yeah. Um, it totally makes sense as to why you're so passionate about um, what you're currently yeah. doing. So my, my next question then. <clears throat> so part of the journey is obviously defining what matters most to you in the line of work that you're so passionate about in the long haul. 
So what was your process in defining your core values and passion in driving the idea of your business? Um, right. This is very interesting because I actually did um, uh, six weeks in Thailand um, doing like intense yoga and it was hot yoga. And I was also doing a um, TEFL degree in teaching English because I thought whatever happens, if, you know, if I, if something goes wrong, I can always teach English. And um, back up yeah, plan. Yeah, back up plan, <laughs> exactly. And besides that, I actually really love teaching. I've always, like being an English in, in a German school, I was always asked to teach English because I was the, I was the native English person. <laughs> so they kept sending stu students to me and, oh, go on, teach some English. And so, um, so I love, I love teaching. Um, anyway, so in Thailand, I did this yoga retreat. It was very intense. And um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm very spiritual or, you know, I'm not a typical yogi. But that did wonders because it really honed in. It's, I would say it was like meditation. It was an extensive meditational journey <laughs> um, where I really honed in to what I want out of this life, you know, what I want to bring to others, what kind of impact do I want to have on our environment, on, you know, society, on humans, and how can I do that, you know, how can I achieve that? So I was mind mapping, I was just trying to write everything down and just putting all my ideas, jotting it all down onto a mind map. And I still have it today, you know, from 2007, I have this mind map. I already had the name of Bamboa. And so I put it there in the middle. Okay, what am I going to do? What is Bamboa going to be? So it's going to be a retail store. It's going to be an online. It's going to be a wholesale. It's going to be selling to spas and to hotels, but at the same time selling to interior designers. But also having a retail space as a kind of, um, I would say, um, uh, crossing. So a crossing. And also to basically to have, uh, to have people and consumers understand the meaning, you know, the, the actual meaningfulness of bamboo. So why is bamboo so important? And I will just break it down, really, <clears throat> what the um, major advantages of bamboo are the following. So bamboo isn't a tree, it's a grass. Um, that makes it actually one of the fastest growing plants on the planet. It also doesn't require any pesticides, um, doesn't require any irrigation. It actually just grows like a weed. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, my voice just went. Um, like a, yeah. <laughs> it's early morning, it's okay. <laughs> so it grows like a weed, um, which, um, you know, a lot of people hate it because it's in the garden and it will just pop up everywhere, It'll go into neighbors' gardens. And so, so uh, yeah, there, there are two, uh, I could just talk about bamboo forever. So um, I will just try to keep it short. Um, um, so an, another amazing thing is its rhizome root system. So the rhizomes are these very, very intricate, thin roots that just spread out from one bamboo and they're you know hundreds of meters long 
and they just go for water and they just, you know, they just basically spread out like a spider web. And, uh, and they basically hold the soil together. So bamboo is an incredible barrier against soil erosion, it prevents landslides, and also it prevents flooding. So if you plant bamboo on riverbeds, it will prevent flooding. It will hold the, the earth together, the riverbank together, and, and it will basically help against flooding. This is important because, uh, as um, you know, we're also planting bamboo, and we're planting bamboo in Nepal, where landslides occur and uh, a lot of flooding happens on this river in Kathmandu. So we're going to be planting bamboo there in, uh, in July. So um, that's, that's also um, a major, major key point of bamboo. Um, it's fantastic because if you compare it with other trees like eucalyptus, beautiful tree, I love it. But it sucks so much water, you know. If you plant eucalyptus anywhere, all the other plants and trees around it will die. Yeah, because it will just suck up all the water for itself. They're, they're quite selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, when I, when I first landed on your website, I, I found all the facts so interesting about bamboo. And I, I can see why you... Yeah. You know, you sort of get sucked into to the amazing qualities yes. of it. Um, and, and so tell us, so how big are, are the sort of the plantations of bamboo that you need to, to sustain your, your oh. business um, and the product production? And, and are you only planting in one location? Are you in different um, countries? How are you planning that yeah. out? Are you basing it on countries that need bamboo because of erosion or, or landslide issues? Or how are you going yes. about planning that? So, um just to just to be clear so i'm not planting bamboo for our production so that that um only until last year have i started it will take five years until that bamboo actually reaches maturity so until now i've been working with smaller communities so in vietnam and southern china also taiwan and thailand where bamboo naturally grows and so we work with those communities they're usually nestled around the bamboo forest who make you know all types of different products using bamboo so um, but why I launched the grow bamboo initiative is really as a non-profit it's really to um, to promote bamboo as a resource because it releases so much more oxygen it much more carbon than trees but it also can provide an extra income and it provides um, livelihoods yes yeah? so especially for poorer regions so nepal is sadly one of the poorest countries in the world still um and yeah there, there are a lot of bad things going on there you know um families having to sell their children and uh prostitution and it's it's a very sad scenario so that's that's really what what Grow Bamboo Initiative is about. And slowly, I mean, it will take years. So basically, we have 12 families. They're managing the, the um, bamboo. I wouldn't call them fields. Um, it's, it's basically in a valley. And so it's mixed. It's mixed um, forestry. So it's not just a mono plantation, monoculture. But the bamboo has been mixed in between the native you know, plants and flora and fauna. So it's, it's actually really cool, but it will help 
um, keep the soil together, so avoid the, the, the actual landslides that happen in that valley. And um, they will be managing the, um, the, the bamboo um, forests, um, um, supervised by one of our teams, Badri. He runs the local bamboo nursery there, so he knows all about bamboo and how to take care of bamboo forests. So that will take four to five years, yeah, which is um, a bit of a bit of time. But um, the great thing is, or actually, it's quite funny because you, it's very uneventful in those five years because bamboo. So these are seedlings, and see these little, like thirty centimeter tall, kind of very thin bamboo with a few leaves. It looks quite pathetic, <laughs> but <laughs> and. Um, and that will stay like that for four or five years because what bamboo does, it grows its roots under the soil. So that's what it's doing. It's basically laying, and it's so beautiful because uh, it's it's just such such a beautiful. Um, what would you call it? Some um, I forget the word now, but you can just compare it basically to our life, right? You have to build the foundation first and then it will flourish and grow. So in five years time, the bamboo will shoot up and won't even, you know, you'll, you'll look once and look away and it will already be a tall 80 meter bamboo bamboo um, pole, you know? So it's a bamboo, yeah, it's, it's just fascinating. So there's not much um, happening until in five years time and then it will just shoot up. It can grow one meter in 24 hours. The uh, bamboo that we're planting is Moso bamboo, so it's a very fast-growing and very sturdy bamboo. Yeah. That's just incredible. So that's amazing. I can, just listening to you talk, I can hear your passion about bamboo. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just so excited that that you are doing these initiatives in, in the, the areas and, and yes. towns that need it. Um, and I think even even though you say that it's a slow process, it's just, uh, I think, so important that that you are doing these sort of initiatives and, and that helps build customers' interest for your business. And they want to support you because they know you're doing these initiatives yes. at the same yeah. time. I mean, um, ideally, like, of course, I have uh, plans for in five years time because right now, so there is, this is the great thing. So in these poorer areas, they do use bamboo on a daily basis, whether it's for fences, for bridges, for ladders, for chairs, for tables, for baskets, you know, they use these in their everyday lives, which we don't in the big cities, but they definitely do in the rural areas because it's light, it's cheap, you just cut it down, boom, and you can make yourself a, a bamboo chair. And, you know, so it's really, really useful for them. Um, they can even sell a pole, you know, for a for five dollars a piece so um it's it's already a good economy for them but i would like to make kind of um development or a more sophisticated cottage industry with them so more sophisticated products which they can perhaps sell at a little bit of a higher value so that it adds adds value to the actual product so that's that's something that we plan on doing and um, yeah, so we want to not just concentrate on on um, Nepal, but also grow it in Sri Lanka, for example. There's also, I mean, bamboo grows there naturally as well. And so 
Um, there's also, um, I'm in talks with a forestry lady. Um, so, yeah, I have a vast, extensive network of, I call them bamboo buddies. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. So I've, I've been invited to give talks. Uh, one, one talk was actually in South Africa. You're, you're from South Africa, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I am. Oh, that's amazing. I don't think you can fly No, no. So, uh, yeah, this was in 2012 or 11. Um, yeah, oh, I was invited gosh, to give a, a, a talk at this, this International Bamboo Conference in East London. And so I got this invitation. I, I thought it was in England. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is confusing it's so funny really. so they were awfully nice because they bought me a business ticket and you know hotel was paid for but they kept saying you're flying via Johannesburg and I'm like hmm shall I tell them that there are direct flights to London <laughs> so, and when did you realise it's a much further flight? Yeah, well, I did actually then. I, I picked up the phone and just to actually clarify, I said, look, I'm very confused right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That was my that ignorance. Yeah, funny. really. <laughs> yeah, Easy mistake. So we ended up in South Africa giving the talk and we went, you know, on a safari and we were, oh, the hosts were amazing. And it was really as an initiative to actually grow, start growing a bamboo, a bamboo business industry in South Africa because, you know, the unemployment over 10% and, you know, as job employ, you know, for, for employing people and jobs. Um, I'm not sure whether it went, whether it got to anywhere, but um, I don't think it did actually, which is a, a shame. I think that's that's the sad thing right. about South Africa. Like I know we we try and we have some good ideas, but sometimes yes. it's just really tough to actually yes. get things going there, you know, because it's such a chilled, laid back um, environment. And I also think it's yes. always such a process because it's like. The ideas are there, but the education needs to be implemented. The, the the you know management of making sure that it's it's going smoothly and um, it's just a, a big infrastructure sometimes that's yeah. lacking. So I think a lot of good ideas don't necessarily yeah, it's take off the way they should. South Africa, yeah. And then after that, I was in um, in Cape Town and oh, amazing! So I had a friend there who just showed me around the whole Cape and. What an incredible country. It's just so stunningly beautiful and amazing. And I was in awe and uh, I wanted to stay there. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Everyone yeah, falls in love really with it when they incredible. go. <laughs> amazing. What, what a stunning journey. I think yeah. that's so great. Um, so another question for you, though, is, so you're obviously super passionate about bamboo, super passionate about the initiatives that you're doing with um, growing the bamboo in different areas. Um, what do you enjoy most about uh, driving your own business? Which part of the process? Yeah, do you I love um, I love designing and developing um, new products. So I love to, you know, you, you basically sketch it on paper with a pencil. Um, right now I'm, I'm kind of designing... Um, like a few very casual loungy bamboo t-shirt dresses because actually because I really want to wear them myself 
so so very very selfish <laughs> but um but um yeah so i just love the process of just putting it down on paper sketching it these colors and and then after a few months you actually have the product and then you know it, they're not only appreciated by myself but you know i've actually created products that are that are appreciated by others and that is extremely rewarding um i would say you know the 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 creativity part of it and following it through to production and also making other people um happy you know using our products so that is very very re rewarding and i think the most rewarding part of it is is um discovering and, and discovering customers who have been very loyal customers um since the beginning um since we had our first shop down in Lang Kwai Fung in 2011, that they've been with us since then. Uh, just recently, we we had a customer come in. Oh yeah, I've been buying from you for nearly 10 years. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's just really, oh, really lovely um, to to experience that. So that gives me actually the most joy. It's about other people being really, really happy and satisf satisfied with our products. Um, also. I guess what I enjoy also is uh, I love speaking different languages. So the other day, so actually my back office is in my shop and I it's on purpose because I like to um, interact with customers when it's needed or, you know, um, so um, sometimes with either Chinese customers, you know, from Taiwan or mainland, I will, I will pop out of my back office and then <laughs> talk to them in Mandarin. And, and also use my French and German and um, that's I love doing that I love interacting with customers and um, speaking different languages so I think that that is also part of me I love I'm very um, kind of I would say you know multi multilingual yeah exactly multifaceted yes you exactly. enjoy multiple and I, I love that and I love the, the fact that the job the is never boring you know I've been doing this you could say oh god aren't you tired yet and I'm not absolutely not I could just go on doing this forever you know and um until you know until I drop dead kind of thing <laughs> so um you know for me it's a journey and it's not about you know I, I love all these kind of business classes and I've done MBAs and business studies and this and that and it's always like okay what of course it's important to have goals right but this kind of oh in two years time I want to double double my profits and this and that of course it's it's important to have goals but I, I do also think it's for me it's not a business that I ever want to sell or it's not it's not about actually making huge huge profits or money it, it sounds a bit i don't know a, a bit silly but in a way um i see it different i kind of enjoy the journey and i really enjoy every day working with my team as well um it's by chance that we're all women <laughs> but, but it, it is really really enjoyable to work with uh with our team you know of different nationalities and different experiences so it's really really nice to to actually brainstorm and um yeah and to grow the business you know thanks to our team and uh 
Yeah, I really appreciate our staff. And they've been, I mean, we've been through rough times, actually. So 2019, I thought I basically had to pull the plug and shut down the retail shop. So the actual physical store, because 2019 was the toughest year for us. Um, it was the year of demonstrations uh, in, in Hong Kong. Um, not to get into any political issues. I mean, it was terrible for Hong Kong and I, you know, felt for the people and everything. Um, and it was just something I was going to face. I thought, well, you know, maybe that's that then. <laughs> so um, I thought I would just like continue perhaps as an online business, right? But uh, but luckily, and the thing is, and then, and then bloody COVID hit and I thought, oh my God, give us a break, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, yeah everyone feels that way <laughs> but funnily enough I thought right who cares I am going to make uh, make it a challenge and you know make something out of this this period and then we launched of course we launched bamboo masks right so that was the obvious product to come out with and I designed them and I just love them because I, I wear them myself all the time and um, that's been a really, really good product um, and very much appreciated by everybody. It's, so obviously it's natural. The natural properties of bamboo is also it's antibacterial. So it's actually in the fibers. So it's called bamboo kun. So that makes bamboo antibacterial. So we use three layers for the bamboo masks and it never gets stinky or, you know, smelly. It's just really, really stays fresh and you never get macne. So it just really, really protects your face and protects you. Um, and so we launched that and I just thought, come on, let's just let's just um, dive into this year and just give it our best. And so actually we've come out stronger. So it's it's actually been a very, very challenging time these past two years, but it's been really, really good. We've launched um, over 10 to 15 different new products so it's actually been very very productive and also on the social media front we've done a lot um, we've evolved um, so it's been really good just to channel in and basically to to yeah I would say revise you know your business and to to take that time to improve right so it's 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 been a good time actually yeah and um, so tell me, so part of obviously going through the closure of the shop, you moved a lot more of your energy onto online and digital sort of sales. What, yeah. what are some of your advice? Um, how did you continue to grow and succeed your business? Because um, I know a lot of businesses yeah. had to shift yeah. entirely online the last few years. Um, so, yeah. so give oh, some advice. Yeah, just to make it clear. So we luckily didn't shut down, which was really, really good. We just kept it. Um, so, but as you say, we did shift our focus more onto, um, onto online digital media and, um, yeah, I find digital marketing extremely challenging because you're dealing with so many, so many jobs and, um, I, I find, you know, you're dealing with graphic design content, you know, you've got to be clever in your content it's got to be i mean you, you're dealing with advertising so advertising wording so it's got to be like it's got to 
grab people's attention and you know so I find you can't just outsource it to to somebody proclaiming oh yeah we will do digital marketing for you you know because it's really really using your inner voice and trying to find your identity and your strengths and um putting that into very easy and simple words and with amazing content and graphics. So I find it extremely challenging. We've been trying our best, but we're still not there yet. You know, I mean, I think this is also a journey. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very, very interesting and how Instagram also just suddenly then changes its algorithms oh posts are no longer important it's stories now or you know it's it's oh oh it's reels that will get you you know that that make makes an impact on algorithms and this and that so it's you've always got to be very very um flexible and know what's going on with these um these different social media channels right so it's very interesting and um i think um, for us, we just have to, I just have to be careful, though, not to put all our energy and money and resources into social media and not seeing the return, right? So I think one can get very carried away with, like, putting in a lot of time in the social media side of things without getting that much return. But you just have to see it as you're building. It's kind of like the bamboo, right? It's like laying its roots and it takes time to kind of, you know, to build the foundation. So I so I would say that's what we've been doing. It's kind of been a foundation year of kind of planting our roots, yeah? So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Actually, there there is a way where uh, it's called... So it's sort of like an 80-20 rule that um, how we normally would manage that is, is you, you track your yeah. performances every month and every quarter. And so you decide, so you can, on your, your back end and your yeah. analytics of your social media and your websites, you are usually able to track quite a few things. And then once you've collected your data, you're able to see, okay, cool, if I put five hours worth of energy into my Instagram, I can actually calculate how yeah. much that drives through back to sales versus Facebook versus newsletters mm -hmm. versus partnerships. And then in that way, you then find yeah. where you're investing your energy I, I, and how that's sort Danny, of billing back to that. sales. I, I do these analytic, you know, analytical reports every month. I see the breakdown. I see the revenue of each stream, each channel. Um, however, okay, Instagram is not is not bringing us in much, you know, much revenue. But so, but you still have to provide with excellent content and excellent, you know, it, it would be a shame not to put, I just, I just can't, yeah, I, I just don't know. Okay, so we'll just not invest that much time anymore, but... Mm, what about our content? You know, I mean, you have to put thoughts into each post and I can't really seem to figure out the balance. Yeah, I, maybe, yeah, maybe we have to talk. <laughs> yes, for sure. We can talk after the podcast. <laughs> I, personally, Danny, I would love no to outsource this and leave it to somebody else to do because really 
it's taking too much of our energy and time. I, I mean, I have done in the past. I've given it to third-party companies and, um, you know, and, and but then we took it in, into our own hands again. And um, we, we have been seeing growth, you know, since we've been kind of managing it. But I'm not saying nobody else can manage it. I just, I would love to outsource it again and just let somebody else deal with it. <laughs> because, I, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the biggest struggle is always you know your product the That's best. Right. So unless someone truly understands your vision and mission, they cannot yes. promote your product for you. So that's why a lot of larger agencies, they need that briefing session. They need to truly understand your vision yes. and mission and then they can manage it for you. But it's really hard yes. otherwise for them to truly get it right because they're not in your head. They're not yes. the, the founder. They don't understand the passion. That is so true. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so part um sorry i'll run on to the next question um so obviously starting your own business comes with a lot of stresses and learnings and low moments what were some of the challenges you found while starting your own business things you wish you knew now or wish you knew then that you know now any advice for, yeah, for anyone well, um so um, yeah, I was single, right? So I think that's important to note because, um, I mean, I wasn't married, didn't have any kind of, you know, financial backing or anything. So my advice would be have some financial backing, <laughs> so, <laughs> whether it's a, a husband <laughs> or, um, you know, I mean, I did have, you know, savings and that. Um, but hey, I started in the financial crisis, right? So not knowing what was hitting so it was like 2008 where just everything came to a standstill and crash and so I didn't know how long this was going to go on for you know so it kind of like you can't be surprised I mean you have to basically have enough um, savings or capital or work or even if it's a part-time job that keeps you afloat for at least two years because that's what it's going to take at least to develop your idea and you know to actually have have um, any kind of income coming in it could take two to three years right or even longer you've just got to have the patience and the passion yeah so you've got to love what you do and um and nothing can sway you, right? You've got to be really, really strong in your in your belief in your products. So um, because you can easily be persuaded, oh, come and work for us, or oh, why don't you just give up? It's too challenging. It's too difficult. That you know, you have to know what you're doing this for, your mission, your meaning, and uh, and I think it really, really helps to have to start a business that where you think is actually bringing benefit to others. And it's not just to customers, I'm talking about to my supply chain, you know. So these cottage industries in Vietnam, um, you know, we're actually bringing, we're making a difference in their lives. It's an additional income for them. So I think to have a purpose and a meaning for your business is the most crucial because it's so much more rewarding as well. So I think that's important, yes. 
That's such good advice. I feel like all the guests have said the same thing. Unless you completely, you need yes. complete love and passion for what you're doing to keep going because it doesn't happen overnight and you need patience. So I feel like that's yeah. advice coming from all entrepreneurs, all startup owners. It's like you need that drive. Otherwise, you will just not complete it. You won't have the drive to, to really see it through because it's, it's not, not easy. easy. So, yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. Um, so you have such an amazing list of products on your website. What are some of your favorite products? I would say, um, the, the, the star are definitely the bed sheets. Uh, why? Because, you know, we spend actually, when you break it down, we actually spend 30% of our lives in bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lot. <laughs> that's very true. So you want to make that quality time, you know, I mean, <laughs> In every way. I mean, you know, it, the fact is your skin is basically the largest organ, right, of your body. body. It's the largest organ. And it's, in, you know, it's inhaling, it's exhaling, it's breathing in, right? So it's really, really important. Whatever you have close to your skin is the most important for your body. So you don't want to be sleeping in, in polyester bed sheets or, you know, Cotton sheets. I'm sorry, cotton is the worst industry, and I hate to say it because I love cotton, but it's the absolute most devastating um, industry for you know for 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 our environment and also for people. But anyway, I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> but so our our bamboo bed sheets are absolutely divine, and we also tailor make. So we're finding you know we we give this. Um, this service to customers who basically need a deeper fitted sheet or they want a different pillow size or they want you know a different size of their duvet or they want to mix and match they want to have one one color you know of the duvet they want it white and the underside gray so we're we're extremely flexible and provide that customization yeah of bed sheets so you can basically come in and order anything you like yeah using our bamboo fabrics and we provide it in so many different colors and we'll also be bringing out um, patterns lots of customers come in why don't you have any patterns well it, first of all it's it's um not exactly very eco-friendly <laughs> the process of printing so um and it's very very hard to find uh you know printing factories who print using non you know they're not toxic i mean they're just chemicals that end up basically yeah into into the rivers or into the you know into the fields so that that's the problem with the they don't harm you but they harm our earth so so anyway so the bed sheets are amazing and then also i would say the towels because we use towels every single day also right for showers after showers you basically you're drying off your whole body so again this is something that i find is very very important especially for the humidity of hong kong our bed sheets and towels yeah the towel Oh, definitely. Well, I'm actually currently looking for shopping around for, for bed sheets. I'll definitely have to pop and by Yes, I mean, if, <laughs> even if you have a color that goes better with your bedroom, we can actually, you know, come up with uh, suggestions. So we have an array, a palette of different colors, but we can't carry all, you know, all 
all uh, all products in our store it's just too many but we can we can individualize and we can actually make tailor make you know the the different colors and sizes so yes i would say the bamboo towels are incredible because they never get smelly so especially in hong kong i just find cotton towels like um you know once you've washed them and they're drying they smell before they're even dry you know so they don't smell fresh and for me, like, that's mm -hmm. the most important thing of a towel is the freshness. It's like, to, it has to be fresh smelling. <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I think the humidity in Hong Kong is honestly, it's, yeah. And it's, the season's currently changing. So yes. not very much no, nor am I. the summer and so this humidity is the here. Bamboo. <laughs> it is five degrees, five degrees cooler than cotton. So whether it's the bed sheets, it will cool you in the summer, but it warms you in the winter. So it has this um, thermoregulating property. It's crazy. Don't ask me how that works. <laughs> but it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, really I won't, but it is sounds very interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll Google it. <laughs> but it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And and that's oh, amazing. I love our bamboo yeah. t-shirts. So I wear them every day. I I have long, you know, I have tank tops, I have t-shirts, I have long sleeve t-shirts. It's just for me. I have a very sensitive skin, actually. So I have allergies, and uh, uh, yeah, I won't go into that. But um. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I've had kind of rashes and this and that. So, um, so these are just fantastic. These are what I want to feel next to my skin every day. And I won't wear anything else, you know, unless it's like natural fibers. So, of course, linens. So, I've, you know, I would say I've become a kind of home textile specialist over the last 20 years. So, so yeah, so we work basically with linen. Linen is a fantastic. It's usually from France. So linen comes from flax, flaxseed, right? So flax is the actual plant of uh, linen. And it's a very, very um, eco-friendly plant. And uh, so that's a fantastic alternative as well. But it's not as soft. So we've actually got one uh, collection of bed sheets. We call it flax. And um, it's really nice because it's bamboo plus linen. So it gives, so the bamboo gives it the softness. Yeah, because actually linen's rather rough. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it doesn't irritate your skin, but it's not as smooth as bamboo. And bamboo bamboo fiber is just really, really sulky, uh, silky. So it kind of, the combination of the two is just phenomenal. It's really beautiful. We also have some beautiful um, hemp and bamboo scarves that I developed, and I call them Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so cute. Um, so they're really good. Again, you're mixing a super, like, two... To, you know hemp is super sustainable it's kind of a bit like bamboo it's it grows in the wild you know it, it grows like crazily quickly and it's amazing and uh, that combined with bamboo because hemp is also a little bit rougher it's a bit like linen so mixing that with bamboo gives it this beautiful ultra softness to it the silkiness so it's just great I love exploring these blends right blending bamboo with other yeah yeah that's i think i've learned so much today about bamboo yeah. and sustainable materials and products yeah um, i feel like it's something everyone is looking into 
Um, so it's just so good to learn more about yes, that and, and yes. hear more Maybe about I the options do, available yeah, blog out there. or something or yeah, about that, right? Yeah. That'd be amazing. We, we, I know personally a lot of people when they do launch their businesses, it's, it's quite a struggle to find the right packaging yeah. partners that are sustainable. Um, it's really tough to find the right partners in general because I think cost-wise we're still trying to work on, on the best methods. And, and right now some of the yes. sustainable options out there aren't the most cost-effective. Um, so I do think it's good to, to look Absolutely. into and as many options as possible. I have to say something about so. us. I mean, if you compare to the market, our bamboo T-shirts, I mean, we it's only 280 Hong Kong dollars. The reason why I want to make our products affordable for everybody. And I don't want them to be these foo-foo, you know, oh, eco-friendly, and then it's three times the price. No, I want it. That's the whole purpose is is to actually bring it to everybody and so you know it's it's not just this really really elite um brand right so it's really uh i think our prices are extremely reasonable and we give amazing service so our team is dedicated to giving the best service to our customers they're um, they're super girls um and um, yeah, we will help any customer. Um, luckily, we hardly have any returns. I mean, it's definitely under like 1% or even 0.5%. So that's really, really wonderful. Um, so yeah, and, and we love to help out customers, you know, for any customization or if they're lo- looking for specific products and this and that. So we're always there to help. So that's, that's yeah, that's our mission as well. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I can hear. Um, I'm very excited to come visit the store, and because um, I am here in Hong Kong, so it'd be great to, yes, to come meet. Please come meet by, you and I'll see your products. You whole, and, um, um, yeah, the whole introduction to to all of our different products. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, so then, do you have anything to add before um, before we wrap up? Not really. So we're doing um, we're doing a pop up um, in May. So just a little bit of uh, marketing blurb here. I have to say, this building. I have. Uh, I have dreams of this building. So since I moved to Hong Kong, this is one of the most beautiful buildings in downtown busy central district next to the escalator. I don't know if you know where aluminium used to be, this uh, this lighting shop in this four-story building in Cotrain Street. I think it's next to Emolio. What's that ice cream shop? Emo- Yes. <laughs> oh, Emac and yeah. Bolio. Is it? Love well, that it's one. it's next to that. <laughs> and it's this gorgeous old colonial building and it's like four stories. And I've just, every day I walk past there, I just love that building. And uh, the owner has just completely made a re-haul, you know, overhaul and it's just beautifully re um renovated and so they actually organize pop-ups so of course since 2019 2020 they've been doing pop-ups of different lifestyle and fashion brands and so we're we're joining this pop-up in this beautiful building on Cotrain Street in May for a few weeks so that will be fun yes oh exciting that would give you a lot of exposure on the ground floor because you know 
we've never really had a retail store on the ground floor. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, because just eh, the rents are just crazy in Hong Kong. So, uh, yeah, so that's exciting. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I'd like to share. So check out, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We'll be, awesome. um, we'll be updating, you know, with the dates and everything on this pop-up. And yeah, so... <laughs> We'll definitely be popping by. I'm super excited to to see to see your shop That's right great. there next to Ema Cambolia while awesome. I grab my ice cream. Also, just and, another um, shout I'll out. We're doing it. Fantastic. <laughs> it's really exciting. We're doing this uh, Paint Your Bamboo T-shirt uh, competition. I call it Paint Your Booty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's been really cool. We've been running these every, uh, so we, we've run three sessions. We've just run um, two sessions for adults and for children. So we've had these amazing creations creations on, on our bamboo t-shirts. So they can pick up any t-shirt they want in our store, any color, and they can make their own creations on their t-shirt with, with these textile uh, paints. So it's just been fabulous. And we have a last one coming up on the 25th of April on Sunday. So it's not this Sunday, but the next. And so anybody can join. And uh, also parts of the proceeds go to our Grow Bamboo Initiative. And there will be a grand jury. So a jury of seven people to select the winner. So actually the three um, the the first, the gold, silver, and bronze. So, and the first winner will he will actually um, get a prize worth three and a half thousand Hong Kong dollars, and also we will print their T-shirt design. In uh, we will do twenty pieces of T-shirts in their design, and the, all the proceeds of selling their T-shirts will go to Grow Bamboo Initiative. So we'll put that towards planting bamboo. So yeah, pretty excited about that. So um, yeah, come come for a session. It's fun to paint your own bamboo t-shirt. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today, Julia. I honestly learned so much about bamboo, not only the benefits that it offers for sustainable production of different products, but also how it's helping communities across Asia. I will link Julia's information in the podcast details. Please follow her and support her business by buying online or visiting her shop at PMQ. To continue to learn from amazing entrepreneurs here in Asia, please do follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And please subscribe to our podcast. And we will follow up as often as we can with amazing entrepreneurial stories from female founders here in Hong Kong and Asia.